I'd better get downtown. Did dispatch call Tony? Police Chief Tony Felociani was known affectionately by the troops as the Dayglo Dago, a term earned because he was a kinetic fireplug from Brooklyn. The chief was a fair, hard-nosed leader who was also a pretty good guy when he wasn't causing havoc by reorganizing your division. You better check Tony yourself. I'll let Chooch know, I said, as I headed out. We'd converted our two-car garage into a bedroom for my son Chooch when his girlfriend, Delphina, lost her family and came to live with us last year. I stopped there before leaving the house. Chooch was asleep with our adopted marmalade cat, Franco, curled up at his feet. At six foot three and a half, my son was almost too long to fit his standard-sized bed. When I sat on the edge, he rolled over and squinted up at me. I'm heading out, I said. He was used to these late-night call-outs and nodded. Then his eyes focused as he gained consciousness and his look changed to concern. What about tonight? Chooch was being heavily recruited by three Division I schools for a football scholarship. Pete Carroll from USC was coming over for a coach's visit at six this evening. Don't worry, I'll be here. No way I'll miss that. Give me a hug. I put my arms around him and squeezed. I felt him return the embrace, pulling me close. A warmth and sense of peace spread through me. I jumped in my new gray Acura and pulled out, wondering where the hell Zack was. I prayed my partner wasn't drunk, propped against a wall in some after-hours joint with his cell phone off. I owed Zack Farrell a lot. He was my partner for a rough two years when I was still in patrol. I was completely disillusioned and close to ending it back then, tick-tocking along, heading toward a dark future. After work, I'd fall into my big recliner in front of the tube, swig stoly in a house littered with empty bottles and pizza boxes, and stare numbly at my flickering TV. By midnight, I'd be nibbling my gun barrel, looking for the courage to do the deed. In the morning, my crotch was usually wet with spilled booze, my gun poking a hole in my ass somewhere beneath me. I'd dig it out, stumble to my car, and stagger back to work for another bloodshot tour. I was disheartened and circling the drain. After two years working ex-cars in the West Valley together, Zack left patrol and we hadn't seen much of each other in the years that followed. When Chooch and Alexa entered my orbit, they gave new meaning to my life but the reason the lights were still on when they arrived was because Zack Farrell had watched my back and carried my water for those depressing two years. He refused to let our bosses take me down. All I had back then was the job, and if I had lost that, I know one night I would have found the strength to end it. It was a debt I'd never be able to square. I pulled my life together after that and was now a Detective 3 assigned a homicide special on the fourth floor of Parker Center. This was Mecca for the Detective Division, because all unusual or high-profile murders picked up on the street were turned over to this elite squad of hand-picked detectives. When I was assigned there, I found to my surprise that Zack was also in the division. He told me he didn't have a partner at the time, so we went to the captain and asked to team up again but I hadn't paid enough attention to some troubling clues. I didn't ask why Zack's last two partners had demanded reassignments, or why he'd been in two near-fatal car accidents in six months. I hadn't wondered why he only made it to Detective Two, one grade below me, 
despite two years of job seniority. I looked past these very obvious warning signs, as well as his red eyes and the burst capillaries in his cheeks. I never asked him why he'd gained seventy pounds and couldn't take even one flight of stairs without wheezing like a busted windbag. I soon came to realize that I didn't really know him at all. Two weeks ago, I looked up one of his recent partners, an African-American named Antoine Jewell. After almost twenty minutes of trying to duck me, Jewell finally leaned forward. The man is a ticking bomb, he said. Stressed out and completely unreliable. Been so drunk since his wife threw him out, he actually backed over his own dog in the driveway. Killed him. I certainly knew about his messy divorce, but Zack hadn't told me about the dog, which surprised me. But by then, most of his behavior was hard to explain. I made a detour so I could shoot up Bran Boulevard through Glendale to the apartment Zack moved into after his wife, Fran, threw him out. Like so many buildings in Los Angeles, the Californian apartments were ersatz Mexican. Two stories of tan stucco with arched windows and a red-tiled roof. Olay. I could see Zack's marooned apartment-issued Crown Victoria in the garage, but his personal car, a white, windowless Econoline van, was drunk parked, blocking most of the driveway, which would make it impossible for his neighbors to leave in the morning. I walked toward his downstairs unit and found the front door ajar, stepped inside and called his name loudly, afraid he would come out of an alcoholic stupor, pull the oversized square-barreled Glock he recently started packing, and park a hollow point in my hollow head. Zack? Hold your fire. It's Shane. Nothing. The place had the odor of neglect. A musty mildew stench tinged with the acrid smell of vomit. The rooms were littered with empty bottles and fast food wrappers. Faded snapshot memories of my old life flickered on a screen in the back of my head. I found him in the kitchen, out cold, sprawled on the floor. Zack was almost six-three and well over three hundred pounds, with a round Irish face and huge, gelatinous forearms shaped like oversized bowling pins. He was face down on the linoleum. It looked as if he'd been sitting at the dinette table, knocked down one too many Scott shooters, passed out, then hit the table, tipping it as he rolled. How did I deduce this? Crime scenes are my thing, and this was definitely a crime. There were condiments scattered on the floor and blood under Zack's right cheek, courtesy of a dead drunk bounce when he hit. Hey, Zack. I removed his gun and rolled him over. His nose was broken, laying half against his right cheek. Blood dripped from both nostrils. I got a dish towel, went to the sink, wet it, then knelt down and started mopping his face, trying to clean him up, bring him out of it. Fuck you doing here, he said, opening his eyes. We got a fresh one. Vic's in the L.A. wash just like the other three. Dispatch couldn't raise you. I helped him sit up. He put both catcher's mitt-sized hands up to his face and started polishing his eye sockets. Let's go, I said. Isn't our guy. Too early. Our unsub was on a two-week clock, and this was only day eight. But sometimes a serial killer will go through a period of high stress, and that pressure will cause them to change the timetable. 
Zack winced in pain as he discovered his nose was bent sideways and in the wrong place. Who broke my goddamn nose? You did. He touched it gingerly and winced again. You want me to straighten it? I've done mine four times. Okay, I guess. He turned toward me, and I studied it. Then I put a hand on each side of his busted beak and, without warning, pushed it sharply to the left toward the center of his face. I heard cartilage snap, and he let out a gasp. I leaned closer to check it. Perfect. Gonna have to send you a bill for my standard rhinoplasty, but at least you qualify for the partner's discount. I helped him up. Now let's go. We gotta make tracks. It's fucking killing me, he whined, then started with half a dozen other complaints. I ain't all together yet. My eyes are watering. Can't see. Gotta get another coat. This one's got puke on it. He looked around the kitchen like he was seeing it for the first time. How'd I get here? You bring me home? Stop asking dumbass questions, I snapped. We gotta go. The press is gonna be all over this. I'm twenty minutes late already. Okay. I was pissed. While he changed his coat and tried to stem his nosebleed, I moved his van. Ten minutes later, he was in the front seat of my Acura, leaning against the passenger door. He had twisted some Kleenex and stuffed a plug up each nostril. The dangling ends were turning pink with fresh blood. The Kleenex thing is a great look for you, Zack, I said sourly. Eat me, he snarled back. I stopped at an all-night Denny's on Colorado Boulevard and got him some hot coffee. Then we went code two the rest of the